0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Giving Go on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, I'm the girls basketball beat writer for Game Time CT and we are joined as always by Super Producer Pete Pagawaga. Pete, what's up, buddy? What is going on, Scott? How are you? I'm good. I'm uh we're getting like fully into the season now. Like Christmas is over, all yeah. that stuff's over, we're we're rolling with hoops and hockey and everything else at game time and it's a really fun time it is a
1: fun time because you know the the ending of the fall season is so long and so tiring and then you gotta like ramp it up for the beginning <laughs> of winter and then you take a back seat around the holidays now you gotta ramp it back up again and <clears throat> we're just well, good we're to we're go we're ready up. yeah we're, we're ramped, ramped up. up we're ready to go um <laughs> it's exciting um the turn of the new year okay like, i i understand that they play before the new year and they play before christmas yeah and, Yeah, I get that. Sure. In my head, it's like once we get into the new year and we get into like the middle of January, we get past the Christmas tournaments, which are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Once we get past those and, you know, maybe we hit a little conference play and that's when I really think the winter season goes. Because remember, the winter season is longer than any other season. The fall season is very quick other than football in the spring season. Sprint. Yeah. You blink, it's over. Yeah. So like the winter season is just got to get through those
0: long months of January and February to hit March and – it's funny because like even coaches refer to the December games as preseason yeah but they count those games.
1: yeah they count <laughs> but you
0: know I mean if
1: you have a really good preseason you can win your eight games before the turn of the new year absolutely
0: <laughs> and a bunch of teams have already qualified for states who had really good Decembers and, and they're carrying it over into now um we're not going to talk about the top ten. I mean, New London stayed on number one. It pretty much stayed the same. I think they're going to stay number one again. Yeah, Ham- the new
1: one's coming out. Tonight. I uh, no, uh Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday, so. uh,
0: Hamden did take a loss, uh, their their first loss of the season.
1: They lost to Mercy, though.
0: They lost to Mercy, who it's they've beaten by two. Mercy's really good. Like We think these teams are going to go down. At some point, uh, there's four teams left that are undefeated. Trumbull and Norwalk in Class Double L. Trumbull plays Hamden, and Norwalk and Trumbull, of course, play each other later in the year, and then down in Class S, uh, Hustatonic Regional and East Hampton are both undefeated, so... Yeah, and speaking of Trumbull, should we tease? I don't want to give too much away, though. Let's give a little bit away. (laughs) We got uh, Trumbull coach Steve Tobich coming up uh, for the second half of the show. We did an interview with him. Uh, We talked about a wide range of topics, and uh, it's really fun that we're going to get coaches on every week, hopefully, Uh, but Steve will be coming up in a little while. After we talk about everything else that's Absolutely. super important. But I, we needed a tease. <laughs> but we we need to tease. No, we needed to tease it. We need to get the coming. people to stick around. People are sticking around now. They were about to turn off the podcast, and they're and like, they're Steve Tobitch
1: is coming? He's going to be on. I love it. <laughs>
0: um, East Hampton, <laughs> East Hampton uh, has a game against Westbrook tonight. I don't know if Westbrook can beat them, but I think it's certainly an interesting game in the, in the Shoreline Conference. We'll talk more about games to see in a little bit, but Westbrook's playing well. Uh, you can look, read a really good feature that I wrote about, uh, Westbrook player Savannah Marshall on game Time CT. Great photos. Great photos. Great photos. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. I, I haven't <laughs> taken photos for a feature before, so that was my first one. You look great. That's fantastic. Uh, so we will be watching that Shoreline game though. Uh, you know, they're both in contention for a Shoreline playoff spot. East Hampton, like we said, is undefeated. They have a few more places they could pick up, uh, losses here and there. Um... I thought the game last night between Trumbull and Ludlow would be tough for Trumbull, but Trumbull really handled Ludlow, beat him by 18, 51 uh, 33. Uh, I'm excited for that game Monday night. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. There's no school, but it's a night game uh, at Trumbull High. I hate that they do that. I, I hate that they do that. I, make I, it I a was hoping game. it was like a 2 p.m. 2 p.m.
1: <laughs> little matinee. I mean, come on. We're going to hang around all day and be like, God, I wish there was a really good basketball game to go to at, in the day instead. I have to wait till 7 o'clock.
0: Well, they were supposed to play that as part of the thing at Harbor Yard, which ended up being canceled. uh, Uh, Yes, the Martin Luther King classic. Right, where they play a lot of boys' games, and then they were going to get a girls' game in there, too, but didn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah, there's uh, there's a story on Game Time about it. Joe wrote it. Joe Morelli. You can go read Joe Morelli's story (laughs) on Game Time. Obviously, I didn't read it yet. (laughs) Sorry, Joe. I love reading your stories, but I must have missed that one in the mix. Um, yeah, so they're both undefeated. Uh, there's a bunch of teams with one loss in double L. I mean, the double L bracket is going to be really top-heavy right now because you have one, two, three, four, five teams with just one loss. Newington, New London, Newtown, EO Smith, and Hamden, and then a bunch with two losses. So if you lose a couple games, you could be looking at a double-digit seed in that tournament. Now, we have a ways to go. We're about at the halfway point now. I mean, teams are 10-0, and 11-0. This is the halfway point of... The winter season. We're heading into uh, yeah, how are we at the
1: halfway point? We're we at the still, halfway. Have, to, we still like... have to get through February.
0: Well I'm always I always look at the thing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it is. We're halfway. Like I feel like February is games. just so slow.
1: Even though it's the shortest it's the shortest month.
0: Right. And the playoffs start really, you know, towards the end of February. You know? Yeah. The league playoffs all start around then and then they get into states after that and then, then there's that couple week push in March where I think the winter tournaments are the best tournaments. I yeah, just think, I think they're, they're really fun. They're all one and done. They're all sports that are meant to be one and done, yep. hockey and basketball. and There's so much drama in these tournaments. Uh, I mean, Oh, my God, yeah.
1: And every night there's something big going on. and There's a big team losing or two really good teams playing. Uh, no, I agree. I think the winter tournaments are the best because they're the most unpredictable, I think.
0: I think that's true. I think they're the most wide open. Like,
1: And there is no risk for postponement.
0: That is also <laughs> There is some with snow and whatnot. Yeah, but like but, in
1: the spring, if it's, there's like chance of rain, it's like, all right, well, we'll move it to Wednesday. And you're like, crap, I got nothing to do today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say there's one game in the NBL last night I was keeping an eye on, uh, Ansonia against St. Paul. And St. Paul pulled that game out uh, 48-42 uh that keeps them atop the nvl standings at 10 and 2 keeps them near the class the top of class s too um which i think is going to be a really good tournament the class s tournament i don't think anyone's going to think about it but i really like the teams down there yeah Uh, let's look at a few more games that we have coming up uh in the next week we'll go through a few top performers and then we'll get to uh mr tobich uh so tonight there are a few games tonight which i think people should go check out um Berlin at Windsor in the CCC. <clears throat> uh, Windsor's unbeaten against teams in the state. Berlin's a really dangerous opponent up there. Uh, I think if you're in that area and you want to go check out a good girls game, that's one. Uh, we talked about Westbrook and East Hampton. Uh, I think that's a fun game in the shoreline if you're down that way. Uh, Thursday night, we have Danbury at St. Joseph in the FCAC. St. Joe's has really surprised a lot of people in the FCAC, uh, playing really well. And of course, Jackie Donardo is four wins away for a, at Danbury. Four wins away from her 500th wow. career victory, is which a is a lot of wins. Remarkable.
1: That's a lot of wins.
0: It's a lot of wins. Uh, hopefully, she can get it done this year. Um, that'd be fun for her. Uh, they can make the FCI playoffs. They're a pretty good team this year, and they can knock someone off too. Yeah, they, they already even... got
1: they already got eight, uh, eight wins this year. I mean, twelve wouldn't be that crazy.
0: No, uh, I mean, I haven't looked specifically at their schedule, but. As they go into Double L, I think they'll be a dangerous team in the Double L tournament as well. Um, Friday night, I'm going up to see some SWC action, my first SWC really? game. Yeah.
1: Wow. Did you let Ryan Lacey know? Did you make you pay the toll? I,
0: haven't, I actually haven't cleared it with Lacey yet. <laughs> <laughs> he may be waiting for me when I arrive. Uh, but Notre Dame, uh, Newtown at Notre Dame Fairfield. Oh, nice. Uh, two top 10 teams. I feel like anytime two top 10 teams are playing, we should make an effort to. Be oh there, God, and, yeah. and people should go to see this game. I, I hope people do. I know that the boys' game is going to draw a lot of interest, too, because Newtown and Notre Dame Fairfield are both
1: – Oh, they're doing a doubleheader? No, but oh. they,
0: they'll play it. On the other Newtown. side. Newtown, right, oh. yeah. Split it up.
1: I don't like that. I mean, obviously, they didn't know that they'd both be top-ten teams, so right. I get that. But it's like now you're looking at it, and it's like, oh, you're, now everyone's going to be split.
0: It's hard. Some of the rivals have started doing it. I know that uh, St. Joe and Trumbull play their girls and boys on the same day and same night. Uh, Stanford and West Hill are doing it this coming Saturday where they're playing think the girls Norm game. McMahon do it? I think they I could do. It. Be wrong. I think they did do it. I don't know if they um, still are doing it.
1: Maloney and Maloney and Platt do it up in Meriden. It's awesome. Like that.
0: if you have a rivalry, play your girls' game and your boys' game on the same night. Get all your fans in the same place to yeah, watch. They those do games. that. They
1: do that for every sport. Lyman Hall and Sheen do it as well. They'll do the doubleheader. Yeah. Maybe at one point they did. I don't know. It, it's fun. It, it's fun you get to cover both. It's kind of a nice little yeah. doubleheader because you know the fans will come and stay for both. And yeah. usually they'll be like, "Oh, you pay for one, you get to you know stay for both games and stuff like that."
0: So yeah. it's kind of nice. I'm looking forward to the Stanford West Hill one. Uh, you know, the West Hill teams are a little down, but it's still a city rivalry. Yeah, those rivalries are always fun. I've been calling for that for years, so I'm really glad they do it. um Two more games to watch: uh NFA at Bacon. Academy, mm, bacon. Mm, every time, I mean, every like time. every time I type it, like, mm, and they've they've been getting votes, so I've been dealing with bacon a little <laughs> bit. Um, we think New London's probably going to win the ECC, but someone's got to be second place, and NFA and Bacon Academy are both in the mix for that second place. They're both going to be going into state tournaments too, so you can't just ignore the rest of the league, despite the fact that we think New London, yeah, is head and shoulders above everybody else in that league right now. Yep, uh, and then Wilbercross Cross at Mercy. Look, if you look at Mercy's record, they, I think they have three wins now. You could say they're down, they're this, they're that. They are gonna make that Double L tournament, and they're gonna cause problems for something. Like, not
1: only did they just beat Hamden uh, Monday, yeah, right yesterday, yeah, yesterday. Um, oh, no, la- no. Was, no, no, it was oh, last week. Last yeah. week. Yeah, oh yeah. God, it's the winter. Um, <laughs> but like, it's like the same thing with like hockey with Fairfield Prep. It's like they're Mercy. Yeah, like, they have great coaching. They're a program. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. yeah, they lost some people, but they're going to figure it out. They're mercy. I wouldn't want to play them come SEC tournament time or or state tournament time because they're mercy. And, you know, you could say what you want about them, private school, whatever. It's the same stuff people say about Fairfield Prep. You still have to it, beat yeah. them. Um, I mean, I, I tell the guys at Fairfield Prep all the time, I'm like, embrace embrace the villain role. Right. You know, if everyone's going to hate you, just Yeah, compare. embrace it. Be... Be the Death Star. Be the empire. That's what I tell the guys at Fairfield Prep all the time. Like, do it. But no, I mean, I wouldn't want to play Mercy. Come toward them in time. I think they're, it's a good program. They're well coached. They have, they have good basketball players there. They're just figuring it out. Again, you'd rather figure it out in the preseason in December, right? The preseason. Then uh, yeah. <laughs> have to do it in the preseason,
0: March. they ended up with four losses. But yeah. That does not disqualify them from anything. Actually, they're five and four now. So they've gotten it back above 500. Um, they play Wilber They play Hand next week. Uh, then they get into a few games that they should win. Then they play Hand again. And they put, close the season with East Haven, who is one of my favorite teams out of the SEC this year. I think they're. Oh, I love East Haven. East Haven's going to be really good in Class L. I
1: love east a. i think Mackenzie helms is the best player in the state if you have not wow won, best you, player in the state let's put her on the bulletin board yeah, she's going in, she's going to nebraska, <laughs> in nebraska. She's that good. is I mean, not that. an accident um no she's just if you have not seen her play i mean even last year when i caught them during the tournament yeah um i really like anthony russell uh as their head coach good yeah. guy like there's a team that won a state title they have a lot of people back from that state title team you can't underestimate the value of experience like okay. when it comes down to those tournament games you're in the last couple of minutes you have to dig deep and 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 find that extra gear to pull out a game or to hold on or to go on the road and win a game and and you only find that extra gear with experience and making a run and the way that they won class m last year is something that they'll be able they'll always be able to look back on and you know be like this is what we need to do and we've
0: done this before this is not new to us so i'm a big east haven fan next wednesday uh hamden is at east haven the 23rd yeah, i might have to make a trip for that one that's ooh, pretty solid ooh. basketball i wish game. they were playing at hamden so you could just walk <laughs> can you guys, can you guys help move it? It? they do play like, Feb- february 5th at hamden they do play. Oh, that's way too far. That's too way far. far
1: like when we were talking to Co- when we were talking to Steve, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Hamden's coming down here." I'm like, "Oh fine." <laughs> like if you guys were in Hamden, I might I might come.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go through a few. We need to make the schedules more. Uh, we need to make them better for Pete yes. schedules so that you, well, he can when, get some. When other you games. when you
1: play at Hamden High, yeah. there's. You can make a whole little trip out of it. They got the Hamden Plaza. They got moe's They got Chipotle. I mean, you can go. You can go have dinner. You know, it's, it's the whole thing.
0: Wow, Chipotle. They have those anywhere else? Or just uh, no? Just no, right, right next to Hamden High. That's it. Wow. No, they have.
1: They have other food stuff too. <laughs> that whole street's. It's legitimately. Food. It's a sports writer's dream. It's right off the Parkway. All of the food. Yeah. They just have Wendy's, Burger King. Um, like I said, moe's Chipotle. Uh, Wooden taps right there too, if you right. want to like right from there after.
0: And if you don't want to just or just want to feed the Clemson football team, yeah, there you, you go. want. Perfect. <laughs> uh, let's go through some of the top performers, and then we will get into our interview. Uh, Sarah wogelmuth from Hand uh, scored twenty three points, uh, had four three pointers uh, in their win over foran- Foreign. Uh, I almost said Fran again. Yeah. I, I really think it's Fran. Um, I want to question the entire <laughs> state on this. Um, that was a. Uh, for, Foreign's first loss. Um, and Caitlin Hunt from Sheehan put in 16 points in a big win that Sheehan had over Hillhouse, 47 45. This
1: is who went to the state semifinals last year. A little yeah. It was a surprise run, and they have a good majority of that team back.
0: Yeah, and they're playing really well. And, and Hillhouse had a rough week. They lost to Cross and then lost to Sheehan, but both really close games. I, I expect Hillhouse to be around too. Uh, Maddie McGee from Granby. Knocked down five three-pointers, put in 26 points in a uh, 58-48 win over Somers. Uh, Shailen Pinkney from East Hartford. We got two East Hartford girls. Uh, she's a freshman. She had a triple-double with 11 rebounds she's ten assists. She's a assist.
1: freshman. I hate that chant, just for the record, because, like, who cares?
0: Yeah. If they, I, ball, I guess, if they ball, they ball. If they ball, they ball. And, and I guess it's a way to taunt the opponent by saying you're getting beat by a freshman, but no one really cares.
1: No, you're, you're just because, you know what? She's better than the other girls on your team, too.
0: Uh, Same game, uh, Tiana Asbury from East Hartford. uh, Same game as Pinkney's triple-double. She scored 23 points. They beat Platt 65-41. East Hartford's definitely a team to watch uh, coming out of the CCC uh Carson Langhorne uh, I covered Norwalk at Trinity uh, I thought it was gonna be a really close game uh, Norwalk just throttled them Ricky Fuller Ricky Fuller has that team playing really well Ricky's as calm as I've ever seen him I he's like Ricky. sitting on the bench he's barely screaming that's like, who,
1: that's a big difference from when I covered Norwalk
0: <laughs> well you know I, I think he has he knows he has a pretty talented team that yeah. can run out in that court and, and do a lot of good things uh with Ashley Wilson and the whole crew there but Carson Langhorn. Scored 14 as they beat Trinity by 22 points. Uh, it was never close. It was never in doubt. Uh, now we all, they have to go play New London. Uh, besides that, though, we all kind of had that game at the end of the year circled against against Trumbull. Um, and then Erin Carucci uh, from Northwest Catholic, uh, she had 25 points. Uh, they lost to SMSA uh, 63-60, but she had a really good game. And she's having a really good season from what I understand up at, up at Northwest Catholic. All right, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back with our interview with Trumbull coach Steve Tobich. We'll be right back on Give and Go. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. All right, we are going to talk now with Trumbull coach Steve Tobich. Trumbull is undefeated. Trumbull is atop the, the FCAC. Trumbull is a top class double L right now. Uh, he is playing three freshmen last night. He plays starts two sophomores on the team. They got a couple seniors on the team that are playing well. But I think Steve uh, and Trumbull have really exceeded expectations this year. So we're going to talk to him about his team, about the FCAC, about the state of girls basketball in general. And we're going to get into that right now when we'll be joined by Steve Tobich. Uh, We are joined now by Trumbull girls coach Steve Tobich. Steve, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing pretty well this morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh,
0: You guys are doing really well. You're ranked in the top five. Um, You had a young team coming into this year. You knew that your two sophomores are probably your two best players. Have the girls met your expectations? Have they gone beyond your expectations? Where are they as opposed to where you thought you'd be right now?
2: Well, that's a great question because um, we actually just talked about this last night. Um, I don't think we are anywhere near our potential as a team right now. And and that is scary to say. I know people see the 11-0, but it's really how you play and perform in each of those games. And um, I, I think we are much better or have the potential to be much better than where we are right now at the midway point of the season. And so that's exciting, but at some point in time we do need to start uh, turning it up a little bit and meeting those expectations that we have for ourselves. Um, like we said before, we scheduled very aggressively this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, stepped in playing really two really good sec teams, um, non-league conference games, uh, with Wilbur cross out Wilbur cross in early January. And we have Hamden coming to us on Monday. And, um, you know, we really wanted to test ourselves and, and see where we are, uh, as we, you know, make our way through our conference schedule. And, um, no, I, I don't think they have met the expectations yet of where we want to be. And I know we're really young. And last night we played three freshmen off the bench. Uh, we have two sophomores in our starting rotation. And we have three seniors um, with them. So um, I think we're good. Um, but I think we have a lot more room for growth and improvement.
1: Do you think that's a, <clears throat> a scary thought to note, to think that you guys maybe aren't, you guys haven't hit, you know, kind of your peak yet?
2: Yeah, I think it is. And so, you know, as coaches, we're really excited about that. And I, I know our, our captains have done a really good job of trying to work with the young girls on our team and explain to them that, listen, we, we got something special here. and um, But but we haven't met those goals and standards yet that, that we're looking for. Um, consistency and being able to play, you know, it's a level of intensity that we want night in, night out. Um, you know, so I think we were definitely, definitely got a big challenge last night from um, <clears throat> They They're a very aggressive team and very well coached by Sarah Kinsley and, and the girls play really hard and I know I think we just showed some resiliency last night um, and bounced back a little bit but I, I think we still we need we have a lot of areas we need to improve on which I'm sure every coach would probably tell you at this point in the <laughs> year too.
0: When you're looking, you said you played three freshmen last night. As you work through your rotation during the season, when does it get to the point where you feel comfortable with it or does it ever and you are are you always tinkering with it as you head into the playoffs even?
2: Well I think it's really based on matchups so um, I think, uh, you know, last night Lovell presented a different challenge, like every team presents a different challenge, but they're a little bit uh, smaller and guard-oriented, as opposed to some other teams maybe who are a little bigger and and post-oriented. So I think last night gave us the opportunity to um, go a little bit deeper into our bench and, and use some of our guard play. Or other nights, maybe we have to use our size. Um, so I think it really does based on matchups. And you want to try to give as many girls an opportunity as you can throughout the course of the regular season. And of course, you know, early in the preseason as well. Um, but as we start to narrow in here in the final, you know, 10 games, nine games of the season, um, it, it, you got to come up with some type of playing rotation that's going to be able to carry you through those tough games.
0: <clears throat> do, do the minutes increase for the girls, for the starters, and for the girls you really want out there as you go along? And are you kind of pacing them as you go throughout the season?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think in certain, you know, I think especially in the second half of games, you know, early in the games you you try to get people in and get them adjusted and acclimated to live game situation. But I think, you know, in the second half of games and some of these tighter games, you know, your your starters are going to be logging most of those minutes, you know, God willing, hopefully they're out of foul trouble (laughs) and and able to play. Um, So, uh, yeah, the rotation does get tighter, I would say, as the season goes along. Um, But I I do think with this team, that's the unique part is that, you know, having three freshmen and and two sophomores, it's tough because you don't know you know what everybody's going to give you on any given night. Right. Um, And so I I think it's kind of almost, you know, some games it's like throwing darts and saying, well, this one's ready to play tonight. (laughs) So I think that's the level of consistency we're kind of looking for. And um, like you said, it is, it's a great problem to have. And it's something that we are looking forward to see the improvement of this team. Um, But I think we have a ways to go to, um being the conversation as one of the top teams around the area right now. Um I think some other teams are playing a little bit more consistently than we are night in and night out.
1: Did you think that <laughs> this kind of start was possible? You know, you mentioned the youth, the sophomores, the freshmen. When you're, you know, starting practice in, you know, the late fall preparing for the season, is this something you're like, "All right, we're we're going to start the season 11 and 0" or you know, <laughs> like, did you think that there were some things that needed to go right and and who were some of the players that maybe have stepped up and surprised you?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think any coach expects to be 11-0 at this point. I certainly didn't. Um, you know, we played some really good teams. We had a, a really good Danbury team that came to us early in the season that's obviously shown tremendous growth. Um, they've won, what, eight straight games since playing us. And um, I thought we played really tough at Bethel, the Bethel Holiday Tournament, and like we said, Wilbur Cross been on our schedule. And so um, no one expects to be 11-0. And um, but I did think we would have a good squad, and I thought it would be a team that would be much better in the end of the year than early in the year because, you know, this is the first time that the lights have been on for a lot of our girls. Um, I thought really, yeah, everybody talks about our two sophomores and, and Cassie Barbado and, and Ali Palmieri do a terrific job and they're terrific basketball players. But I think we're a very well-rounded team. Um, you know, senior Christina Schuler, you know, she's, she's a big catalyst for us. You know, she's, everybody sees her as a post player and she has size. Um, but she's not really just a traditional post player. She has a lot of offensive guard skills and she could step out and really shoot the basketball. Um, I thought Kelly O'Leary and Megan Lesko, they were two returning stars from last year's team. Um, they're only two returning stars from last year's team. And uh, they've done a really good job kind of steadying the ship and keeping everybody calm and in line and um, realizing the potential that they have and making sure they meet those expectations. And then off the bench, like we said, we have two uh, two freshmen been playing pretty consistently for us. Uh, Emmy Roberto um, and and Sarah Stoltz, and and last night we kind of infused a third freshman who's been working her way up to the JV levels, and um, she's been doing really well. And that's Emma Gentry. So, um, and then we have a bunch of other girls on the bench that I feel I can contribute on any night. Uh, senior Jenna DeCibella has played some big minutes. She played some big minutes for us against Staples. We had a little bit of foul trouble on last Thursday, and uh, Junior Maeve Hanford had add some more size. In the front court on certain games and certain matchups, so you know I think there's a lot of girls who are contributing. Um, we just want to try to get a little more consistent.
1: Yeah, how sounds is, like sounds like such a such a bad problem to have <laughs> with all those with all yeah. those names.
0: Uh, how has Christina developed? I mean, I know she's a really good volleyball player and a great athlete, uh, but she's really stepped up for you this year, hasn't she?
2: She has, and, and you know she really uh, she really had a great junior year too. She came off the bench and uh, filled in for us and played a lot of events off the bench last year, but. Um, I would say, you know, December was was tough because you know, she was just transitioning back into basketball mode. And You know, the volleyball team was very, very successful at Trumbull High School, uh, large part due into due into her success. Um, but I feel like Christina has really stepped into her role here as the calendar year has turned into January. Um, you know, she's really been vocal on the court, communicating with the younger girls. And, you know, she's not afraid to mix it up inside and be physical. But like I said, she's she's somebody who adds a lot of versatility to our lineup. And being able to step out and shoot the jump shot and stretch the floor a little bit opens up a lot of things for our guards to be able to get into the paint.
0: Uh, Steve, you obviously have a, a good team with a couple of good seniors, a couple of good sophomores. But how are you able to build this consistently year after year despite graduation losses? That's one thing that always, you know, people look at in high school sports and say, well, you're graduating these many good players do you have a good youth program? Like what's the key for you guys to, to be consistent year after year like this?
2: Well, there's, uh, I think basketball is a very popular sport in the town of Trumbull. We have a, a wide range of different travel teams and youth teams. Um, I think that a lot of these kids uh, who come to our games, they, they look up to some of these girls who, who are on the court year in, year out. And a lot of these girls who are on the court now playing, you know, they were sitting in the stands a few years ago and watched the teams of that came before them and, and they wanted to be a part of it. And, uh, I would like to think that, you know, we have a culture that's born of excitement, uh, enthusiasm. And um, so when girls do get an opportunity to, to step on the court, that they try to take full advantage of those opportunities. But we do have a lot of girls, you know, coming up that they're that just as excited as the girls that are currently on our roster. Um, and we have, you know, we have a lot of girls on our JV team right now who are, you know, competing for minutes on a nightly basis. So, uh, and I'm interested to see the progress that they make here the second half of the year. But I think the biggest part is there's a lot of enthusiasm for Hoops in the town, both for boys and girls. You know, our boys team is fantastic uh, this year, too, and, and Coach Bray. And then the boys are doing a great job. And so I think they're, you know everybody's kind of feeding off the energy between the varsity teams. And um, a lot of the youth kids are just kind of on board.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at just, you know, for the for the folks at home who might not know, you guys have been in the semifinals of Double L the last two years, which is not easy to do. Uh, you guys went to the finals in 17, and you you know you lost in the semifinals last year. Has competing for a state title now the the goal of every year? You know you you see some programs and they're like, we'll be happy to get to a conference tournament. We'll be happy to get to the state tournament. You know, win our eight games, maybe win a first round game. Is is this now at the beginning of the year? Hey, Mohegan or bust?
2: Uh, well. I would say yes no you know start the year we always start with some three simple goals you know like any high school team probably has you know we want to win a holiday tournament in order to get to Mohegan you got to qualify for the state tournament first and we got to make our league tournament and anybody knows the FCAC you know it's not everybody makes the playoffs it's only in the top eight and usually that takes ten or eleven league wins alone just to get into the FCAC playoffs so sometimes there's some really good teams that are battling for the eighth spot and, you know, they may not get into the league tournament. So it's really tough in the Act, you know, just to qualify for the league tournament. And then, you know, once you qualify for the state tournament like we did, yeah, that is a conversation we start to have about what do we need to do to start preparing for a state tournament. Um, you know, who do we need to watch? You know, how do we need to practice? What kinds of things do we need to work on on a daily basis so that when we are in that situation or in a regular season game that mimics a situation like that, uh, we can be more successful. So um, I think our seniors really, really would like to get back uh, to Moline's son, like probably every you know kid in the state of Connecticut. That's a really special environment. Um, they, they, the state of Connecticut does a great job hosting that tournament, and it was unbelievable to be part of that uh, two years ago. And, uh, you know, we came up short last year against a very good Mercy team. Um, I, I do think that we have some girls on our roster who are, are very eager in, in that competitiveness, but I don't think everybody on our roster I right know understands uh, the nature of playing in a game like that yet and understand how special it is. And I think that's why our consistency maybe hasn't been there. And, you know, we have our seniors who, you know, they desperately love to be back there one more time to give it their best shot. And we're trying to get our young kids on board to understand that you know, this doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, you got to take advantage and cash in when you can.
0: You've been going through the FCAC, and the FCAC obviously prepares you for those games. But when you added Wilbur Cross, and you, I think you played Pomparog, and you're playing Hamden. How important are those games as you're preparing for a state tournament to face teams from out of conference teams like Wilbur Cross is a team you wouldn't see at all in the FCAC?
2: No, not at all. And uh, you know, Coach Thomas was great in scheduling that game last spring with us, and he was looking for challenges, as so were we. And um, you know, when looking at a roster with a young team, we wanted to really play against some teams that were going to be physical and up tempo, and um, try to give us some different looks than we see on a nightly basis. And then Hampton, obviously, Amanda does a great job. It's her second year over there at Hampton. We've played them the last couple years. And uh, the fact that they're coming down to play us on Martin Luther King Day is fantastic. I think it's good for the kids to see uh, that level of competition. So, you know, win or lose, that doesn't really matter as much as, you know, how do you play in those competitive environments? And that's what we're going to learn from And We'll see what happens on Monday night.
0: I, I talked to you a little bit about this before, but the schedule's been different this year. Has the Monday-Thursday thing thrown anything off? Uh, I, I know a lot of coaches aren't a fan of it. What do you think of the FCI schedule this year where they've been going Monday-Thursday
2: rather than Tuesday-Friday? It's hard. It's definitely hard. I know my, my wife says the same thing. What are you doing home on a Friday night? You know, I've never <laughs> had you home in how many years. I've been coaching for 13 years. Uh, but more important than a Friday night, I think it's really hard for teachers and um, and players uh, you know, having a Monday night game and if you're traveling and then, you know, traveling back to campus or like Thursday we're traveling to New Canaan and traveling back, you're going to get home late. Um, You know, that's two late nights that you're out during the course of the school week and you know, we all have demands during the school day um, not just coaches and not just student athletes. You know, I have students I teach and the kids obviously are full day of classes and uh, it makes it hard. It really does. Um, We understand, you know, the we understand reasons why and, and we did the SWC and FCX switch, but it's really been difficult, I think, uh, two late nights during the course of a five-day school week where Friday night being out late doesn't really impact you because most teams would be off on a Saturday, and it doesn't really matter when you get back. Um, but to play two league games during the course of the week, it, it does take a toll on you, I think, and uh, just getting the kids mentally prepared night and night out is just a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but I think I am looking forward to seeing the second half of the year when we go back to our traditional Tuesday-Friday uh, game schedules.
1: Uh Looking at the end of your schedule, uh, you talked about the league and getting league wins. You end your regular season with Norwalk and Trinity Catholic. Uh, obviously, you guys don't pick the schedule; it comes out kind of, you know, randomly uh, generated. But are you, you know, is it are you guys going to be like playing playoff games now in the middle of February when you have a Norwalk team that is sitting there ten and zero? Trinity Catholics got eight wins and then that's going to lead you right into the FCI tournament do you think that, that that's a good thing Is kind of maybe you guys are ramping up a little earlier than some other teams
2: yeah I do um, I, I like playing uh, the toughest competition at the end I think that regardless of what happens it, I think it definitely gets you in the right mind frame that things aren't easy <laughs> you know it's it, you, know, you have a team that's going to be competing just as hard as you are. And um, if you wait to you the know, first round FCI quarterfinals to realize that, sometimes it's a little too late because those games come and go really quickly. Um, I always use the example uh, when we won our first FCI title when I, was, when I was coach here. I forgot what year it was now. But um, we played New Canaan, who had Sarah Manling back in the day. It was the last regular season game. It was a game we won in overtime at New Canaan on the last regular season night, and it was terrific for us. It set the tone and the mindset, and we went into that tournament, and, and I thought that really catapulted us from a mental side uh, to get ready for the competition we we're going to face in in those three games.
1: Awesome. And one last question before we let you go. What are your thoughts about the FCAC playing all the quarterfinal games for the FCAC tournament at the same place on the same day, kind of like the boys have been doing?
2: I, I like it a lot. I think um, – you know, I think it's it's always been a split, and I think we're always looking to try something new. We've done it before. We went to West Hill for two years, uh, where we played all the quarterfinals. But I personally like it. Um, you get all the teams in one site. I think Lovel is pretty neutral site for most of the league, yeah. um, so it's easy to get to. And uh, you know, I, I think it, you know, I think everything's worth a try. So I, I hopefully it's a good turnout from. From all the eight teams that are participating, and from a fan base perspective as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I know Scott and I are big fans. Of, super excited about super this. Super excited. Yeah, we because uh, Scott and I. I mean, this is like years ago, even before we started working together. We would always end up for like three years. We were at the boys' tournament together. You just get to hang out all day. You know, I mean, our workroom is the weight room, so you know, we we lift a little <laughs> while we uh, yeah. write our game stories. So,
0: but it's always yeah, fun it's to have all those teams together. Good. Yeah.
1: It's kind of cool. You get to see all the coaches and stuff. Like they come to the earlier games, the kids come and watch. So it's always a good time. But yeah, listen, Steve,
0: thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Um, Good luck Monday against Hamden and good luck the rest of the way.
2: Thank you, guys. We appreciate all the coverage you guys give uh, to high school girls sports. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of good high school girls hoops teams out there. So it's a good thing you guys cover all of them.
1: Yeah, and thank you very much. You, uh, you were our first guest ever. So. First guest, Steve. So congratulations. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you down the Thanks, road. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> All right, that was our interview with Trumbull coach Steve Tobich. That was pretty good. Steve's pretty informed, uh, informed guy. Yeah, I mean, basketball. look, he's
1: been coaching for a while. He's been – what he's been doing at Trumbull the last couple of years has been so successful. And uh, it's nice to get a guy on there with so much insight and just likes to talk to game of basketball and – they're a successful team. They've done it. They've been there, and uh, they're trying to get back. But yeah, you know, he's just. I love when he was just talking about the freshmen and, and the sophomores and. It's like, did you expect to be 11-0? And, and, like, he's going to give you the, well, Standard, you know, no. this is – but, come on, you got you're, – you're, you're playing three freshmen and two sophomores or two to three, you know, whatever. You know they're good. Like, you wouldn't play them if you didn't think they were good. And, right. eh, look, I give coaches credit because they'll always be like, well, you know, I know we could be playing better. And you're like, you know, maybe you could. And as freshmen and sophomores, they will get better. But I think he knows that they're how good they are. But I don't think he wants to show his uh, cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I do, and I do agree with him that they, there's room for improvement. There's always yeah. room for improvement. That's what he said about his team.
1: You don't want to be the best team in
0: January. No, you want to be the best team in March. Exactly. And I think that That's what they're gearing up for. It's a little scary how good they could be in two years, yes. considering they're 11 now, and and the, those five will be starting likely. Those three freshmen and oh yeah, two sophomores not, and two of them are starting now. Um, So, listen, we really appreciate Steve coming on. We're going to get more coaches on uh, as the weeks go on. Uh, We didn't get to the mailbag this week. We had a couple questions in there, but we ran out of time. But please, we're going to post this on Twitter. Please send us questions to the mailbag for the podcast. We will answer them on the air. Uh, Or if you just want to give us nice compliments. Yes, uh,
1: thank you to my mom for telling us that. uh, (laughs) Thank you so much that
0: we've done such a good job. So thank you, Mom. She's so proud of you. (laughs) And and me by proxy. (laughs) Alright, listen, uh, we will catch up with you next week for Give and Go. I'm Scott. I'm Pete. See ya. Later.